Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! I can't believe I'm out here on the front porch in her swing, just a swingin', swingin'. Is that good enough for you? On the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I am your host, Eric Helberg. Buddies, we're living a month and a day over here, man, a month and a day. And you know... Nothing feels better to me than, I would say, early afternoon, about school time ending. My daughter's already home from her job, prepping to go to the gym. We have some time together. My son is coming home on the bus, usually whipping up, uh, I guess you would call that pseudo-dinner because... They're always operating as if they're caloric deficient, eating like monsters. So you prep that meal, and obviously you need something ready to go for later. But then you've had a good day. You've contributed to humanity. And if you did what you sought to do, unless it was malicious of intent, you've accomplished something. Maybe you also got your workout in. You've got that peaceful, easy feeling going on whereby a man feels congruent with his insides. Something was structured. Something was finished. We like to start and finish. And now you're simply able to relax. And I like nothing better than simply brewing another pot of coffee. Of course, I like my first cup in a pot have some honey and coconut oil for all you MCT nuts out there. Been doing that for many years. And then you just sit, hang out, talk nonsense, listen. And notice I said talk nonsense. You realize when you leave this world, the only thing you take with you into eternity, whether that eternity is of peace, adoration, and joy, and or the eternal flames of a very hot place, a very despondent, lonely place. How you related to your loved ones is all that you can bank on. Because everything you banked on here on this orb that is cycling around and around on its axis is absolutely nothing. Nothing goes with you. And moreover, when the judge, meaning when the judge, and there's only one, takes a look at you, he wants to know how deeply you cared and loved and looked after, really, just like you are, his other sons and daughters, some of which are yours, one of which is your bride. 
So are you just as content talking nonsense, excuse me, with your kids and or your wife, that could be called brushing up on the day, as you are with your buddies at some charitable event, some bullshit business meeting, um, heaven forbid a bar, maybe the ball fields, I don't know. How many friends, if you were digging the grave of friendship, do you ever dig more than a foot or two deep with? Probably you don't have very many that you've gone deeper than that with. Y'all talk about the normal layman stuff, right? Whatever y'all's mutuality is, your common interests. It could be sports, hell, it could be politics, uh, some damn car, whatever. But you don't go deep. The reason you don't go deep is it's nice and safe. You don't have to explore, and you can just decompress and be you. Let me tell you this, though. When you take that approach with your loved ones, and you're surrounded by one another, it actually opens up for deeper, meaningful stuff. Because there's actually an intimacy there with those as opposed to the shallowness of the other. In essence, the superficial relationship is simply entertainment. It's providing you maybe a needed break. The superficiality that you begin with with your loved ones could lead to something much more substantial. And those relationships are the only ones that you will have to account for. And as it goes to friends, you will be held in account for how you treated those around you as well. That is true. Were you an encourager? Did you sow into them for those you know? Were you available to them if they truly were in need? Hmm. Let's take a look at this and examine it, shall we? Here it is. Ah, uh-huh. Here it is, our litmus test, coming to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, essentially, verses 1 through 7. And they are, love is patient. Are you patient? Love is kind. Are you kind? It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Lofty indeed, right, men? It would be easy to just simply say, yeah, I've fallen short. But haven't we all? I have. That is our litmus test. Now, of course, it's very hard to give what you have never received. But... And my hand's up. 
I didn't receive that growing up. Therefore, I had to learn. And if you're at a stopping and or sticking point and you're saying, well, that's me. How can I give something that I never had and or have received? Take one of them. Try being patient with your loved ones. You do it at work when the boss makes you wait. I hope you don't envy. Why in the world would you envy what someone else has? What good does that do you? That's what has our whole society in a nut roll now. It is not proud. Boy, have I been proud. You know what pride and being proud does? It keeps you from when you were underserved with love, maybe from your past. It keeps you from learning about it so you can then extol it and give it out. So if you don't know it yet, by God, learn it. Take one of these things and practice it. And see how that superficial act at first will open you up to all of these tenets. And your relationships will have a much greater chance of flourishing as opposed to floundering. And you boys are saying, okay, gee whiz, that's some mamby-pamby stuff. You want to stay married, don't you? You want to look after your wife? You're going to have to account for how you treated your wife and children. Stop giving others more time than you give them. Start giving them more time than you give other things. You will find that life will sort itself out. You don't have to be the master logistician. God will take care of that. I found that out. Okay. Well, let's take this into a more fleshly, worldly vein. For those of you dense souls that don't quite get it, some of you yahoos, kind of like I was, here you go. Let's tally our list to better understanding. We talk about this with athletes all the time for certain. Ooh, high-level performers in business. And here they are. The coachable say, I want to get better. The uncoachable, this is boring. I.e., what they're really saying, there's nothing I can derive from this in the immediate. Mm. Unless it's something that serves me, that good old immediate gratification, we certainly won't learn it by being coached. Wives are good coaches. Just listen and remember, because you're hit with a tsunami of feelings, remember they are just that. Feelings are not facts. They don't immediately indict you. Take it in, listen, remain calm. They will conclude and then you can reply. Coachable. What can I work on? Well, if you're a good listener, your wife will tell you. And you as a man should already know where you are deficient. If you don't, there's your first problem. You're focused solely on your strengths. How do you get better? By ignoring your weaknesses. The uncoachable, oh, I know what to do. Just means you're going to do the exact same thing and expect a different result. Well, 
Well, what did Einstein say about that? Since Einstein's part of our show, we have no special talents. We're just passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? Well, not insane, because insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different. How do I know? I've lived it. Coachable. I needed to hear that. Oftentimes we do. That is our prompt for change when we take those other tenets from Corinthians into mind. If you need to hear it from another stronger male figure, perhaps ones that controls your dinero, well, if you're uncoachable, you're going to say, it's not my fault. Joey didn't stock the shelves. Well, bullshit. Look over Joey. Make sure he did it. It's someone's fault. You needed to hear it. Make it better. Coachable. Thanks for pushing me. Which means someone cared enough to hold you accountable. An unaccountable man, remember, ends up on the Lolita's Express, Epstein's Island. Well, hell, maybe that's a bad argument. You can even become president of the United States, but that's all about the change. I digress. Uncoachable. Coach doesn't like me. Yeah, if you're held accountable, a little bit of truth is brought into your sphere. You fold. He must not like me. Remember, Feelings are not facts. Drive on with the mission. And then know this. All relationships will be tested. Every single one of them that is important in your life. Why? Because you will rise to a certain level whereby there is no more growth occurring and then what are you going to do? If you're a God-fearing man and or a biblical man, and hell, if you're just relying on yourself, karma tends to have a way of slapping your ass in the back, right? Slapping you across the face. But if you're one of those other two, this is your new testing ground by which you have an opportunity to become better and address all the problems that now seem to be on your plate that have been ignored because why? Things were going great. The factory floor was humming. And up until when that big machine crashes, all is good in the world. So what do you do when it does? You take inventory. You take a new approach. You fix and repair, and you start growing again. This is what I want for each and every one of you men. And it is very much attainable, provided you want to do so. And oftentimes, men's do not. Poor grammar, men do not. So in lieu of the superficial conversation that leads to better with the kids on the couch, maybe they'll hang out with Johnny and drink a beer. Don't do it, boys. Learn from my mistakes. So until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast,
podcast. I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast. <laughs>